Hello everybody and welcome to another Comedians interview for my blog and podcast A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 1,000 comedians over the last 47 years. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, Ania Magliano. Yes! Hello! Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for doing it. Thank you so much. Um, uh, how are you? You all right? Yes, I'm good. I can't believe you've seen over 1,000 comedians. <laughs> it's so sad, That's isn't so it? That's so many. <laughs> my, my first one was 1974, which would have been Les wow. Dawson. So there you oh, go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then from there, I've gone right the way through. Um, thanks so much for doing this. We're going to be talking for about an hour about your comedy career. And I'd like to go way back to the start and ask you first, how did you become a comedian in the first place? Okay, well, also, I want to say, like, at the start of this, I'm still very early on in my career, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I feel honoured that you've asked me to do this, but I am worried that in, like, who knows, in, like, two years, I'll listen back to this and be like, oh, my God, what a naive idiot. <laughs> so I'm going to caveat this by saying, <laughs> this is what I think at this time in my life. Indeed. That I might, I might not have these opinions about comedy for the rest of time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I started, how did I become a comedian? I kind of did things that were adjacent to comedy since I was a teenager. Right. When I was, um, when I was like 15 years old or maybe even 14, I started putting like comedy videos on YouTube, um, where it was like, I didn't really know that stand up existed in a way that wasn't a big live at the Apollo special. Yeah. And I didn't really realise that anyone could do it. So I did know that stand-up comedy existed, but I didn't really know that that's what I wanted to do. So what I was doing was, like, putting videos on YouTube where I just, like, talk to the camera about one topic. And so it was kind of like writing a routine of all sorts, or, like, something along those lines. But um, I wasn't... Yeah, I, I don't really know what I thought I was doing, but I did quite well on it. Like, I got quite a few subscribers sometimes they still come to my shows Brilliant. people who knew me from then um and then I went up to the fringe which I'm, I know I'm sure we'll talk about later um but I went up to the fringe for the first time to work there and saw the whole world of live comedy <laughs> and just live performance in general and was like oh this is amazing that's what I want to do yeah. so then I did comedy at uni and then like moved to London to kind of do it then there was a pandemic and now we're post-pandemic and I'm a comedian <laughs> fantastic what what sort of year was this then when you first started so um I went to uni my first year of uni was 2017 right or 2016 would have been it would have been the like some uh the what's the, what's the season Autumn. Autumn. <laughs> Completely yeah, blanked yeah. on the word for autumn there. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's Sunday morning. Um, <laughs> and uh, I kind of, but I did a lot of sketch comedy when right. I first started. Right. Um, which I do like, but I didn't like the kind of fact that you have to always rely on someone else to be like as around and like as interested in it and you know you can kind of if something goes wrong you can you can kind of both avoid it or you can blame the other person not probably not <laughs> if you're in a good sketch sketch group um 
but I like doing stand up more because I, it feels more like your own voice and yeah. it's you have control over it. The the wonderful thing is that it is it is personal to you. Once you go out and uh, hit the stage, you you embrace the audience and you can basically say what you like. It 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 yeah. is it is extraordinary to watch as well as um uh um perform i would i would i would um imagine you know if you, if you get a good night every, everybody says oh it's like a dr- it seems to be like a drug when you get the laughter going you know it's it's a, it's 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 an extraordinary thing to watch um so where was your first ever gig and what was it like was this at university uh no so i did i did my first gig in london so right. i came back from the edinburgh fringe on it was like obviously the last day of August or like early September and I booked into like the first open mic I could find really? in London and it was in it was a night that I don't think runs anymore which is probably for the best uh, called Famous First Words wow. and so it was like it was very <laughs> aimed at new comedians um, and I remember like walking to the gig and it was just I had no idea what to expect like no idea at all and it was a pub in oh, I can't remember where it is, but it, it's somewhere near Ars the Arsenal playing ground. Right, it was an Arsenal themed pub. North North London way. Yeah, it was yeah. somewhere in North London, and um, I think it was called the Gunners. Right, and if you go in, it's like a normal pub. But if you look at the ceiling, they have like murals of all the players painted onto the ceiling. Wow. So there are like all these Arsenal players looking down at you, but like none of the paintings are very good. <laughs> so it's just like these kind of like weird distorted like men on the ceiling. Um, I was like, what is this? And there was uh, about f- maybe like five or six comedians on the lineup. Um, no audience apart from two guys at the back of the pub who were there to use the pub, but were like, well, well, we can't not watch it because it was that it was only one room, and um, I can't remember who else was on the lineup apart from one guy called David McIver, who's a very funny comedian who's now based in Edinburgh. I think. I've heard of him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he was the I, I, you know, I went on. I did my five minutes, which was not great. I can't remember what it was about apart from I remember I had tried to write a routine about Apple AirPods, um, but this was in, like, you know, 2017 when they had only just been announced as, like, a concept. (laughs) And I think I'd seen, like, a a news article about them and was like, this is going to be a great observational bit, and no one knew what they were. (laughs) So I had, like, my five minutes on Apple AirPods, and everyone was like, what is she talking about? And it probably wasn't funny either. But... David was very like he was so lovely to me and he was like you've like you've got to keep going because this isn't what it's always like yeah. like there are audiences and there are it, like just keep going and, I'll, and I think he told me some other nights to go to go to so then um after that I kind of did mostly stuff at, at uni but then would also kind of do more like open mics in London but um and I have done some with you know that small an audience since then but I can just handle it a bit better (laughs) well well you you keep going what because because what you do is wonderful um uh, I had a I had a similar experience I I um once uh went uh and performed comedy my one and only time I thought get it out get it out your system uh because um 
you know, I'm supporting them forevermore, etc., etc. So the promoter said to me, um, it's a it's an open mic night where you get where it's a it's a gong show where where you could get booed. Oh. The worst thing imaginable. So I walked out. Terrifying. Yeah, there were. I walked out. There was three old people in the in the crowd, and the first line I said to them was, um, "People think I look like Eddie the Eagle Edwards, the ski jumper, which I do, but I can't see the resemblance myself." And one old bloke at the back just went, "Fuck off!" and got me off. No way. <laughs> and the. And the promoter said, the promoter said, have another go, have another go. So I did another show for them and a similar thing happened. And I thought, I will support them forevermore. Never say never again. But that, that was my experience of having a go. That sounds day. like a very, very stressful first gig. <laughs> I have to say, even now I've been going for quite quite a while and I've done quite a lot of different types of rooms, but I still <laughs> avoid gong shows. Oh. Like there are a few clubs around London where you have to, where the entrance route is via a gong show. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, I guess I'm never doing that club though because I, I can't take that. And also like, I feel like it relies on a very certain style of joke. And I mean, you've seen me, I have quite, yeah. times quite long winded jokes that are a bit wordy. That it's like the drunk audience are not going to be like, we want to hear this like long story about your heritage right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was uh, an experience, I can tell you. Um, so there you are doing your um five minutes in clubs to uh, uh-huh. in in pubs to get you going did you have um friends along supporting you because i i go to a lot of up and coming new comedy clubs and everybody's there with a friend were they all supportive of your gigs yeah it's actually that's such a funny question because i haven't really thought about how many friends i dragged along <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had, no, 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 it's great. And I, to be honest, I owe them one. Um, but, like, I, I also just remember being very excited to post about, like, on social media, yeah. about every gig I was doing. I shared it, you know, I shared it on Facebook, being like, please come to this, please come to this, with, like, any anything I was doing. A lot of the nights I did were bringers, which is, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, is, like, a, where you're doing a five-minute spot and you have to bring someone who isn't performing to be an audience member. So that's how they get a crowd. Um, I think I was quite lucky in... Uh, oh, actually, it wouldn't have been then, but when I... A couple years later, two, maybe one or two years later, I was in a relationship. So I just had a boyfriend to bring to all of those. So um, he, bless him, came to a lot of my <laughs> um, Which I think is, you know... Now I'm not not in a relationship and I don't I don't have I don't bring people to gigs anymore. And if anything, now I'm like I don't want people to come. Like you can come to a show when it's finished, but like I'm now I see it more as like work. Whereas yeah. like you wouldn't necessarily bring a friend no. to work. No, no. But um, and, and it's also just like I'm worried that I'll do badly and then we'll just have to awkwardly have a conversation about it afterwards <laughs> when they'll be like it was really good and I'll be like you don't have to say that. <laughs> With with them being so many comedians, uh, uh, on uh, in Britain now, if you like, there are so many different ones. Mm. Did you ever find it difficult to get gigs or get booked or anything like that? I think so. Um, I think it's also just like a. It feels like a bit of a mystery at first. Yeah. Um, and my route in was 
I guess through Facebook, like I joined a lot of Facebook groups about comedy open mics. Um, and I don't know how people did comedy before that, because I'm like, <laughs> that's how I found out about all these open mics. And, you know, it would be going to a kind of comedy club and meeting someone that you get along with and then kind of like giving you some tips and that sort of thing. Um, and I think I didn't, I found it hard to kind of, okay, let me restart my answer. I kind of understood that like part of it is just, you know, emailing people and not really getting a response, but you just keep going. And then like, it's just like anything where you kind of have to keep pushing yeah. to do what you want to do. Um, but I think the thing that is, makes it sometimes feel like it's hard to break through or makes it feel harder is like comparing yourself to other people. Sure. And I think the only times that I felt like it was hard was because I was too focused on being like, well, that person's doing something that I haven't done, but we're at the same level. So like, why did they get it and not me? Which is like, I think a very natural instinct to have in any job, you know, you'd always worry about like, it's a very human thing. And I think now I'm way better at being like, there are so many different circumstances. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's life, you know? Um, and I, I feel like much more calm about those sort of things. But I think there were definitely initial periods where I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what am I not doing enough yeah, of yeah. that? Like, I can't get onto these certain things. But also, to be honest, I think a lot of the time, I just wasn't putting, I wasn't necessarily putting as much work into my comedy as I was like worrying about my comedy. Um, <laughs> Whereas now I think I feel very much like my philosophy is just like your writing and your performance is like the only thing within your control. Yeah. So that's the thing that I focus on. And like, I find, I think like the kind of breaking through thing, um, it, yeah, it just, I, I also feel very lucky that I've come at a point where there's been like a bit more awareness about, you know, representation of different types of people in comedy that you know initially at uni um i will say it was very male heavy right. um and that was really really hard and that's probably the time that i got like most angry about it and i remember <laughs> i remember it was like uh all the comedy society was like pretty much all men and i got so annoyed that i started my own comedy society brilliant. for women <laughs> brilliant that's <laughs> and, brilliant uh, and with with two other girls, we set it up. And the whole the other comedy society, very male heavy. It was all like auditioned. You had to get in audition. It was very like that. And we were like, ours is open as an open mic. Anyone can come and do it. Yeah. And um, everyone loved it. And it's still going to this day. That's so, fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm very proud of that, actually. Well done, you. That's. Uh, it's so so true because if you're funny, you're funny. It doesn't matter whether you're male, female, or whatever. You know, if 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 you get up and have a go and do it, and you're very funny, keep doing it because it's it's the most positive thing. That's why the blog exists. Um, mm. What do you like to talk about on stage? So I think. I'm getting to a point where I like to be quite like honest on stage and I feel like most uh this is going to sound a bit pretentious but I'm going to say it <laughs> I feel most like connected to the audience when I'm talking about something that feels very true to me yeah and the audience is responding sure. like it's it's just the most amazing feeling to be like I've kind of been a bit vulnerable with something that's happened in my life or usually it is something that's happened in my life or like my opinions on something 
and for the audience to respond it's just like this amazing feeling of being like oh it's all gonna be okay um I think when I first started I was very I was much more like kind of worried about writing very like structured jokes yeah um that were like set up punchline set up and and that's not to say my act was like really really funny with with gags at every turn but it just wasn't as truthful and it wasn't like it was it was kind of a bit more like reading a bunch of connect vaguely connected jokes rather than like kind of a a performance like about my life and my opinions um i think at the moment the stuff that i'm talking about is all quite personal um but as I kind of get more confident and more experienced, I find that I'm kind of writing stuff that doesn't necessarily always tie back to me. Because I think the only thing that stops me is like being a little bit worried that like I might not be able to kind of back it up. Because if it's about you, it's about write what, if it's write what you know and you know yourself, then you're like, well, I know I'm getting this right. But that's why I find like political comedy and stuff so incredible to watch because I'm, I'm, I would get so nervous doing it because I'd be like, what if there's a bit that I haven't researched enough and I've got it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, but uh, I do think, I used to try and write like really long routines about, you know, just like one thing. Because I saw like loads of comedians do that, and I was like, "That's a great. That shows you're good at comedy." But like, I don't think I'm that good yet. That I always know what the funny thing is. I feel like in at the moment, I just like prefer to talk about my life and and like my personal experiences, and 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 that seems to be what's also working. <laughs> I think I think watching you um, on stage, you have this wonderful, endearing quality to you as I said at the start where you can go out onto a stage and the audience are with you from the very start and you can talk about anything that you like really and I think that you that what comedians try and do is find a uniqueness and an originality to their style of performing and that's why people keep going back and keep Mm. endearing would you agree with that yeah, I think so. And I think yeah. um, you, because this is, oh, this is something I've been thinking about recently as well. It's kind of like, as you said, there are so many comedians. Yeah. It's like when it's some, some, the reason that you pick someone is like a comedian that you would go and see like an hour show of or whatever, isn't necessarily because you're like, they have the most jokes in an hour, you know, or because there it's because it's like the whole package it's like them as a person you're like interested in them and their perspective and like I think I've seen like lots of shows where you know the different amounts I've laughed like doesn't it's not what's in my head it's about the whole experience of watching someone um and them yeah them as a person is just just as important as like how how well written are their jokes Completely agree. Absolutely. Um, How do you remember all your routines when you're on stage? (laughs) I don't. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of comedians say that. They just wiggle. Do you have um, notebooks or Oh, yeah, I've got got my notebook here, actually. I've got two different notebooks. Right. Um, Like, I, I guess an example is that, like, 
I write them, I, when I write writing stuff, I will just like write it out. But then if I'm doing like a show um, or, or something where it's a bit longer, I like to bullet point out the bits that I'm going to do in advance. Sure. And then if it's a really new bit, what I've started doing is um, saying it on the way to the gig. So like I'll maybe like have it in my phone or something so I can just check I'm doing it right. But as I'm walking there, I'll just say it once and I'll put my <laughs> headphones in so it looks like I'm on the phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or it's even better now with masks because you can wear them on the tube and no one can see that you're talking to yourself. Exactly. Um, so that's a good way to do it. I think that's that's and that's the most useful way. But it's just like it requires a bit of effort. Sometimes if I'm feeling lazy, I'm like. I'm not going to do that and then I pay the price on stage because I miss out half of it um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I find I think with the ones where it depends as as well on the style of comedy because I imagine comedians who like kind of logically unpack something it's very easy to kind of know where the routine is going because they're following like the logic whereas I find like my ideas and my bits are like a bit all over the place and a bit <laughs> manic and like I always draw in spider diagrams so like there's no there's no one way to go about it and so I'm kind of like I'll like last night I did a gig where I got about halfway through one of my ideas and then remembered that I hadn't said it and I was like right we're going back because <laughs> I want to do that bit as well <laughs> just remember that bit I was talking about yeah. here's the link <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that happens <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, a similar thing happened with me. Um, other than my blog, the most creative thing I did, I, I wrote a short play, which, we, oh, wow. which which myself and my friend put on with a with a with a director. This was uh, to raise money for comic relief. We did we did three shows, and the the play is called The Applicant, and it's 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 about it's basically about me coming down to London from Carlisle trying to find a job. And I've got a successful girlfriend in it, and I've never had an interview. And it, and as the play goes on, there's lots of plot devices, but as the play goes on, he keeps going for more interviews, gets more confident, and when he gets offered a job, he dies. That's he, ne he, he, he never gets a job. That's the whole point. So the so that so that so what the, a twist. <laughs> so the last. Um, uh, scene is him at the gates of heaven or hell or whatever being interviewed by God saying ah. um, uh, we've been watching you on planet earth and um, we think the ideal job of you here is is to interview corpses to go into heaven or hell and I just shouldn't <laughs> end up like, that sounds so, great so it, it, it went through the roof however on the first night we did it I we'd rehearsed it for 10 weeks and it was literally me sitting in a waiting room, looking terrified, my first interview, looking at the audience, talking to them, so it was monologue. And then my friend had come on, do all the different accents and be the different interviews. First night I ran out, I was like a rabbit in headlights, and I completely lost my way. And I just, just talked, and I blanked, and I, and I thought, this is extraordinary, because um, I'd rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. Um, I know it's different with writing for the theatre, but similar things. Do you do you have tricks to bring points back and to remember things like that, or for for stand up, or because you've always got the audience to banter from? I'm, a, I'm, I'm I, I suppose. Yeah, 
it's, it's definitely different because I did a, a few at uni I was in plays as well yeah, um, yeah. and I know that feeling of like it is it's terrifying it's, some, it's <laughs> terrifying <laughs> it's just like I want to go home <laughs> I still have I still have um, I still have nightmares where I've, I'm on stage and I've forgotten lines it's never for comedy it's always for like a play yeah yeah um, because it's... yeah like you said in comedy if you forget a bit you can just chat to the audience until you remember it yeah yeah but if you start doing that in a play they'd be like what the fuck is going on <laughs> I, I never made the same mistake twice. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, let me read this next one out because I think this is wonderful. You've been a finalist for the Chortle Student Comedy Award in 2018, a two North Down New Act of the Year finalist in 2019, a Funny Women finalist in 2020, and a Leicester Square New Act of the Year finalist in 2021. Many congratulations. Well deserved. Always uh, the finalist, never <laughs> the no, winner. No, you're, you're getting there. Um, describe the experiences. In other words, what's your view of competitions? Do you think they're a good thing for a comedian? Uh, it's such a weird one. Um, I, I think they have been, for me, very useful sure. um, in terms of, like... They were how, you, for me, I kind of got enough, like, I guess, like, attention and kind of credits to approach, like, agents and to approach bookers. And, you know, they kind of, um, they're just, like, something to have in the email to be like, look, someone said I'm good at this. Uh, listen to me. But I just think as, like, a structure in place and comedy, like, I don't know how useful they are, um, other than because of what they've kind of become. Like, inherently, I don't know how useful they are because it's such a weird... Comedy is such a beautiful, subjective thing where there's someone for everyone's taste. So to be like, this is the best person at it this year feels a bit strange. Um, But, like, I think the thing is, is also I found them very stressful up until uh the last two i did the first one which was the chortle one um i was so so like excited to do it and also the previous year i'd seen it it was a final with all men um so i was like already raging about that when i entered (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) um but i i cared like so much about it and when I mean I would just say it because I think it's embarrassing, but it's also like someone someone else might might have done this in this situation. Afterwards, I cried because I was like really gutted that I didn't get like anything, oh. and I just cared so much about it. And I really thought that like I thought I was like I I did the best that I could, and like yeah, am I just not good at com- like <laughs> which is you know such a catastrophic like way of seeing it. I think it was the adrenaline of it all. And I just found it like such an intense thing. I really hated the feeling of um, after you've done your set, before you've done your set, obviously it's terrifying, but like after you've done your set until the end of the competition, like the nerves that I got and like the the anxiety about it sure. just like destroyed me. Um, oh. And... I, yeah, I just cried and all my friends were like, it's fine. And I was like, I know, but I just, I like, the the emotions just coming out. And then after, after that, 
which is, you know, so funny to look back on now to think that I was like crying my eyes out. Um, but after that, I, I never got, you know, I never got that upset about them because it was that thing of what I said earlier about how you kind of start to realise like the only thing in my control is my material yeah, yeah. Um, and my performance and like it, like what whatever panel of like quote unquote industry judges are deciding that net night doesn't mean that an audience didn't find you funny or doesn't mean that they'll that you'll never be found funny again um but it is just a very a very strange like kind of objective standpoint to be putting on a subjective art um but like also i guess there's if even if you took comedy competitions away there would still be something because there's you know so many people trying to break into an industry that like I, I kind of get why they exist but I think for performers as well they can be really really disheartening and I think if you're not friends with people or you don't know people who got knocked out who like have now done you know whatever tv show but got knocked out of you know the Chortle award in their semi-finals then you kind of don't you can forget that like there are plenty of other ways to get into the industry. And I think that was what was most useful for me was like knowing and seeing people who hadn't won a competition and were still still being yeah, successful yeah, comedians. Yeah. I, th- I think um, it's all about experience. The, the, the more gigs you get, the better, good or bad, the better a comedian you become because you learn from the experience of doing the gig however good or bad it is and you move on and and if you keep going keep going your confidence will go higher and you will become a better comedian a more assured comedian for it yeah and also i guess like the more you do the kind of like less every gig is worth not in a bad way but you know what i mean like it's like you you get a greater perspective and like not every gig means the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not every gig is like this huge judgment on whether you're a good comedian or not. And you kind of see it more as like a process rather than like every night is a... When I first when I first started, and I think when I was mostly doing the same kind of like, you know, five minutes of jokes I had or ten minutes of jokes, every night is kind of like, this is a test for me to check whether I'm funny or not. Whereas now it's kind of more like... Oh, like this is just fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 such a positive thing, but it must be um, daunting to think about the performance. But once you're out there, hopefully it'll all disintegrate. And once you're in front of the microphone, you're away. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think also those competitions were all like slightly different. The funny women one was during the pandemic so it was a final that was live in the sense of we all performed our stand-up live at the comedy store but there was no audience right. it was all on zoom wow. um apart from the eight industry judges who sat there in <laughs> silence oh dear <laughs> so that I, was I'm a tricky make gig people laugh. <laughs> That was wow. a tricky gig, but yeah. they did have loads of really good snacks backstage. Well, which is well like, there's always something. <laughs> that was that was my main takeaway from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whenever I see you, you appear to be very confident on stage and fearless with an audience. You're very easy going with an audience. 
Do you suffer from any nerves before you go on stage and how do you cope with them? A hundred percent. I get very nervous and I didn't realise, um, well, thank you for saying that also, that I come across like My that. Pleasure. That's, that's very nice. I've been, I have been told that like, I do come across as very confident and the times where I've been most nervous, people have always said they couldn't tell. And I didn't really realise this until like, kind of more recently that I'm I have some sort of ability in myself to just fake it completely <laughs> like I I I will have every time you see me I will have been very nervous before especially because the you've seen me always be comedy, oh, be comedy great yeah. gig yeah. and the lineups are always incredible but I'm like <laughs> I'm just as terrified of whether the audience will like me as to whether the other comedians who are like idolized <laughs> for years will like me <laughs> so the pressure's always on um I I depending on how nervous I am and kind of what the context is I kind of have like slight little routines where I some it's like as simple as like I do like a a tongue warm up, right? Um, it's like <laughs> where it's like you like do like like a muscle warm up yeah, for your yeah. mouth, just to because if I get nervous sometimes I'll like trip over my words a little bit. So like doing that kind of calms me down to be like oh I know I've done my warm up so I won't be as like babbly um, or. I do like a kind of stretch, if I'm like doing an hour show, like a work in progress thing, which is what I've been doing a lot of at the moment, yeah. at the time of recording, yeah. um, I do a lot of like stre stretching my body and like shaking my body. <laughs> I, I do kind of like, I think it's from doing plays. It's yeah, like yeah. I do the kind of warm ups that the directors used to, used to make us do. Um, but in terms of like nerves, other than that, like I don't have any... It all has to be physical because that's the only thing that I can distract myself with is being like, okay, we've got to like get my body, like shake the energy out of my body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm talking like an absolute uh, lunatic, but <laughs> you can't, you, you just have to pass the time until you're about to go on stage and then, then I just fake it. And um, I think I've done like a lot of jobs in my life where I felt underqualified um, and kind of faked I think I can talk my way through an interview um, and then sometimes end up in a job where I'm slightly underqualified and have to fake it a little bit. So I think I've just, in my in all areas of my life, I'm very used to being like, okay, just hide the fact that you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> and just figure it out. <laughs> I think we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, as I said before, when you... Uh, go on stage all the nerves go as soon as you start or do you survey an audience or do you get a vibe from it or it's interesting I think it kind of depends um, they don't always all go I think they're a really lovely audience than, than sometimes um, but I would say quite often it's a, it's like a constant ongoing process and I think when you have a really lovely audience, it's just the best. And you're yeah. like, I can relax for the rest of this. But sometimes it feels like a constant, like, you know, I've got you and then I can feel <laughs> you going again and I need to catch you. Um, but then sometimes just treating them like they are a really nice audience, they kind of get tricked into becoming one. <laughs> and like not, not getting... <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and like not getting phased or something. If they... 
if they see something, if you, what I do sometimes, if I if I'm doing like a new bit. I'm thinking about like a gig that I did last night where I just did all all very new material. Yeah. And like if something doesn't work, if you just don't get face and just carry on, then they either don't realise that that was even an attempt at a joke. <laughs> uh, no, like she was just saying that. Or they're just like, oh, it's fine. Like she's not worried about it. So we don't have to be worried. Yeah. Um, so I think even if I'm kind of surveying the audience and being like, oh, they're not, they're not, I keep seeing them kind of lose faith in me a little bit, I need to get them back. I would never show that. No, no. I would just completely stay stay exactly the same so that they have no idea what's going <laughs> on inside my head. And, and, and following on from that, I suppose, um, was there ever a point from when you started comedy to now where you thought, I can do this really well, I can make a career out of this, this is me... Was there ever a point so far? Is that yet to come? I think it's... I don't know if I've had, like, a specific point, but I guess I'm kind of having it because I'm doing yeah. comedy. <laughs> I'm like, I must be... Something must be OK about what I'm doing because it is working. It's working. Had, You're hilarious. I <laughs> oh, thank you. But I haven't had that, like, specific moment yet. But I think... No. It come one of the things that I think is is very interesting, especially as like I imagined one of the slightly like newer people who who, who you are speaking to is when you when you see yourself on a lineup with like loads of comedians who are just like incredible people who you've like watched from when before you did comedy and like getting onto those lineups is like always a moment where I'm always like I must something must. I must be on the right path. It's working because... and it's deserved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Let's move on to Edinburgh. Um, I am very fortunate to have my holidays every year at the Edinburgh Fringe. I go, I, I, I've been, I first went in 2005 and I've been uh-huh. going every year apart from the two years that, that of course, were wow. the pandemic. And I go for a week and I see about 50 shows. I cannot get enough of it. And I need Incredible. a holiday by the time I come back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because my liver gets battered, I'm like tired. The marathon of comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you tell me what your first Edinburgh festival was like? Yeah, so the first Edinburgh I went to, um, as I mentioned, I didn't perform. I worked as a receptionist. Right. Um, I was a receptionist intern at uh, the Assembly Festival venue. Yeah. Like, um, they're, like, kind of staff reception. It wasn't, like, one of the box office things. Right. And I also, like, helped out on a burlesque show as, like, a assistant. And it was this mad experience of, like, I had never been to Edinburgh. I had no idea what to expect. But someone, I'd heard someone be like, oh, if you're interested in performing. I thought I wanted to be an actor at that point. And they were like, oh, you need to check out check out the Edinburgh Fringe. So I, like, found this job to apply to and, like, just went up and was terrified because I'd never been in a city on my own for that long. I was uh, 18. I was, like, working on a reception (laughs) job where I had no idea what I was doing, as I said, like, absolutely faking it. Um, And I loved every second of it, and it was just, like, the best month of my life. I had... Obviously, it was a really great way as well because I was kind kind of working, like, two jobs. So I had, like... I had a kind of... I wasn't making a loss uh, on the fringe, probably the only time in my life, <laughs> where um, I also had a staff pass, so I could go and see 
shows, which was a really, really good um, way to experience yeah. the fringe for the first time because it meant I wasn't being like picky about what I saw and I kind of got that fringe vibe of like just go and see whatever's on that's on at this time that I can get into and I saw just like the incredible like variety of things that I saw I think gave me like a really good entry point um to that's the, the magic then, of it it's so extreme and and yeah, yeah. I, I do a spreadsheet where I have to plan all my days it's 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 just yeah um what year was this when you first went up I went up in 2016, 2016 as a receptionist. And when was your first performance there? Um, 2017, I was in a sketch show there. Right. And then 2018 and 19, I did split half-hour shows, um, which were very fun, very different experiences. The first, the fir- 2018 was like a very very fun show like a really good like friend of mine where we were just like having a laugh the whole time it was uh 3 p.m every day we were in like a free fringe venue that was like falling apart beneath our feet on sundays we had to do it in the car park because a gospel (laughs) choir was using the room (laughs) (laughs) that's brilliant Um, which is exactly exactly the fringe experience the year after 2018 it was a bit of a harder year like i had a bunch of family like loss well not a bunch like a family loss happened on the like right before and on the first day of the fringe i had to fly back for a funeral and then come back in the evening and do a show which was honestly insane and i at the end i was like of the show the audience were very nice but i was like really sorry if i'd been weird like i was at a funeral today and everyone thought it was a joke and i was like no this is a joke like this is actually true (laughs) um but that year as well we were at like 9 p.m we were in like a massive room it was really hard to make it feel full apart from at the weekends and but that was like a good learning one yeah, whereas yeah. the year before was like a really fun one um and yes yeah, so i feel like i've had like a few different varieties of, of again experience. experience yeah yeah so yeah. 2020 and 2021 obviously didn't happen are you going up this year with a solo show yeah i'm doing my first I will be there. I will make a point of seeing it, definitely, because... Get um, it in your spreadsheet. (laughs) Yeah, definitely, you'll be on there, um, because I turned 55 in August, and the Fringe is 75 this year, (gasps) so it's a special one. So oh my I, God. I, I, I'm so pleased you're doing a you're doing your solo show there. It, oh, perfect I wish you celebration! Um, definitely. So, uh, talking of of seeing you live, I've seen you perform at Always Be Comedy both live and online in 2021, which you were superb. Please, can you Thank describe you. your writing process and where you get your ideas from? If you have a writing process, you might not. I kind of have a few different ones, I think. Um, At the moment, it's kind of a bit sporadic in the sense of, because I'm working towards an hour show, um, I'm kind of like focused on creating that and like bits of that will come in if I'm doing like a 20 minute set somewhere else. Like I'll weave some of it in to see if it works outside the context of the show. and because my show doesn't really have like a theme or a story it's not like a storytelling show necessarily it's kind of about my life um so the kind of 
writing process and ideas just come from like what I decide to talk about like I don't I don't feel like I'm trying to write anything specific at the moment um so it'd just be stuff that I find funny basically or I think <laughs> might be funny um and stuff that I think is like honest and and as as we spoke about earlier like just really trying to kind of be truthful with the audience yeah. and um and yeah just kind of explain like who I am and what I'm doing but also I do I also I haven't done I don't think I've done these bits at any of the gigs that you've been to because they're kind of a more recent thing but I've got a few more slightly surreal bits and a few kind of more chatty bits where like I'm just trying to experiment with like different types of of comedy I guess and not not get too nervous about like trying something and it failing um as I said earlier like my writing process is like I love a notebook and like I want and like doing a spider diagram um or just like sometimes I'll just set a timer for like five minutes and be like I just have to write about this topic for five minutes not necessarily any jokes but just to like see what thoughts I have on it um and then sometimes I will just sometimes that will work and I'll have something that kind of mostly works first time or I'll spend like a day writing something and it will be like this this will never work like I've had bits where I've been really really hammering away at them and I'm just like I just can't can't get this to work so then I go and try a different bit you know it's I don't I'm not very like structured in the way I will go about it but I will just kind of keep trying different things yeah 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 yeah. um and, and following on from that, you've written for uh, Frankie Boyle's New World Order on the BBC. You've written for Radio 4's News Jack, and you've written for Radio 4's The Now Show, which I used to be in the audience at all the time. Oh. It's wonderful. Um, do you think there's a difference with writing for TV and radio as opposed to live stand-up comedy? Yeah, Definitely, because for all those shows, I wasn't writing for myself. Right. I was either writing, you know, for someone else or for, like, a generic whoever's going to say this. Um, so you kind of... It has to just be a very well-structured joke that works for the tone of the show rather than the tone of a comedian or myself. Yeah. So you kind of have to detach uh, your own voice from it a little bit and just find something funny in an idea that doesn't rely on, like, your own personality. And I find it so much harder, uh, because also you, you, it can't be relied necessarily on it being delivered in a specific way or anything like that. Um, so I, I do find it... And also all those shows are pretty much topical comedy, which I find scary, because I'm like, what if I get the, what if I get the facts wrong? Um, but it definitely feels like... It feels like going to doing like a really hard exercise at the gym afterwards because you're like I was probably properly working my writing muscles for that um but yeah it's it's definitely a very different beast (laughs) I think I think again though because you're doing that it gives you more experience as a solo performer you know when you're on stage you you your ideas are vast because you're writing for different people as well Um, yeah yeah who are your favourite comedians, past and present? Oh, what a question. Um, so, such a stressful question, to be honest. That um, must change. The first 
the first comedian that I went to see live, I think my dad took me to see Eddie Izzard. Wow. Which is great introduction to comedy. Wow. Um, yes. But I didn't watch like a lot of, I haven't watched a lot of like old comedians, i.e. like the greats of the past. Like I, I will say, I hope people don't get angry at this. I tend to prefer British comedians or like, uh, I really love a lot of lot of comedians from New Zealand and like Canada. American comedians, I I don't, but I think it's because I only watch them online. You know, right. I find it harder to like connect with like a like a spe- a Netflix special than I do with like being in the room. So I think part of it is just because I've seen more live comedy in in, in only in the UK. Yeah. Um, but I present. I love. Uh, I really love like May Martin, Rose Matafeo. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of my new favourites, just because I've done loads of gigs with him recently, Carl Donnelly. Oh, he's brilliant! Um, he's brilliant! So great! Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Great. He's so natural, and then he kick he 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 kills you with a one liner or a or a story. Yeah. It's he's just wonderful as well. He's been on here, and he was yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw wonderful. you had him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it would just be, you know, I, it's so often like I'll gig with someone and be like, oh my God, they're amazing. They're one of my favourite. I gigged with Sean McLaughlin, who I, I think you've had on wow. here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, and he's someone who I hadn't quick. seen uh, live before the pandemic, but I'd listened to his special, uh, his, his um, album. His uh, Hail Mary. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is so good. And I saw him live and I was like, fantastic. Oh, yeah, great, great stuff. Yeah. Uh, I always really liked James A. Caster before I started performing. Not that I don't like him now, but that's one of the ones from before I started performing as well. I was like, he's just great. He's, he um, is genuinely one of the best. He, I have a um, testimonials page on my blog, and he wrote on it, um, uh, if I wasn't a comedian, I would happily sit next to Richard Gill all day and make him laugh. And I just thought that was oh, wonderful. That's the best compliment. Yeah, 100%. And I just thought, that's him. You know, he is so... All, all these magical comedians who can take one word and fly with it is just incredible yeah. to see. Yeah, well, that's like I said earlier yeah. about when I when I first started and I thought like, oh, you pick one thing and yeah. just write about that was because I was a huge fan of his and I was like, yeah. well, that I must be able to do that now. I'm like, that is the biggest skill in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Takes years. <laughs> the the uh, sister question to that is, um, like me, do you go to a lot of comedy gigs as a member of the audience or have you before you were a comedian? Yeah, yeah, I still do. I mean, I'm kind of limited now that I perform like most nights. But having said that, if I look at my past month and the nights I've had off, both of them I've been at comedy shows. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I am. love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and I hope I never lose that. Like, yeah. I don't ever want to be exactly. the sort of person who stops going to watch it because like I um I did a I did a work in progress show uh like a couple of weekends ago and Catherine Bohart was on after me and fantastic and I stayed to watch her show and I wasn't planning on it because I thought like I'll probably be a bit like exhausted I'm so glad I stayed it was just like fantastic I hadn't seen an hour show for a while and it was just like this is like what I love about comedy it was just so good and I just felt so like Oh, just so like happy and 
like re-fell in love with it again. I've I've been following her career very early on and it's so good it's another reason why i write the blog it's so good to watch comedians starting off and then watching mm. them develop and and she is a classic case in point i saw her last year at the camden uh, fringe and she was just hysterically funny she was so yeah. confident in what she was doing it's just wonderful to see um when you're on a comedy bill do you tend to stay and watch the other comedians on the bill? I always try to, unless I'm like the the time recently. If I'm very far away from home, yeah, I don't no. because otherwise I'm I I was doing it and then I was getting like five hours of sleep a night <laughs> just because of how late it was taking me to get home. You can um, you can enjoy yourself too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I always want to. Um, and it's always it's just so interesting. Like, even if, if it's someone you've seen before, it's I really like watching it again to see how it's changed and like you kind of you kind of get a little glimpse yeah. into the craft. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, I I always think there's something to be gained from staying and watching as a comedian and just also because it's fun. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I I can't think of anything more positive than watching a comedy show. What's not to mm-hmm. love? Um, how have you found online gigs as opposed to live gigs and what do you think the future is for comedy with all the carry on that we've been seeing i really hope the online gigs stay because i think they make it so much more accessible yeah, for yeah. for a massive audience um and i actually like i really don't mind them i think it's because i had a background in like doing youtube videos and speaking to a camera i don't find it awkward um and I don't mind not necessarily having the laugh straight away, or like, <laughs> ever. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I, I find it very easy to just keep talking to yeah. a laptop and, like, not have anyone in the room. I really don't mind it at all. Though I think for some people it probably... I think I was very lucky in that I didn't have to have a massive adjustment to that. I'd done it before, whereas I can imagine if you spent your whole career doing live, it must have been very odd. Um, I think, like, I definitely would wouldn't want them to be the only thing that exists uh but i really hope that they keep going and i think also live streaming uh shows that are happening with an audience is like a great a great thing to have yeah happened yeah, yeah. now because i don't yeah. i don't think that was happening before yeah. the pandemic and it's 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 wonderful oh without um, a doubt yeah it's, it's so great without a doubt my my view is exactly that i i um i couldn't have got through the pandemic without online shows but when mm. they when they first started um there was no audio to them i would go to Charlotte regan's irishman abroad comedy one on a friday i'd go to always be comedy i'd go to sean james's happy mondays one they're all online all really good shows but there was no audio so i was sitting here looking at four walls, laughing out loud. I thought I was, yeah. going, I thought, I thought I was going to be taken away. And, when, <laughs> and when, they, when they opened up the audio so the comedians could get banter and get the, mm-hmm. the things with the jokes going, it was an absolute dream. It worked so well. Um, yeah. but, but 
uh, ultimately you can't beat live. I love to go out on a weekend, have a few drinks with friends and then go to a comedy show because a live comedy show is of the moment. You know, you never know what's going to happen and that's the yeah. magic of it. It's it's uh-huh. it's it's an extraordinary thing. Um I've so much enjoyed talking to you. It's been an absolute oh, joy. It thank really you so has. much. Um, it's really been it's been so nice to talk about comedy as well with someone who like loves it as much as I do. Like I, I'm still a massive comedy nerd in so my am heart. I. So. <laughs> it's lovely, isn't it? Um just before you go, is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, have you got any gigs coming up? Have you got any podcasts? Where, where can people find you on social media? That sort of thing. I think I'll just say my social media because I don't know in advance necessarily. And if if you follow me on social media, you'll know that I will be promoting things nonstop. <laughs> uh, so my Twitter is at Anya Mags, yeah. A-N-I-A-M-A-G-S. And then my Instagram is at Anya Magliano. Um, so yeah i'll be i'll be posting on those but other than that just thank you for having me and uh, it's so amazing that like to have someone who's like as supportive and like into live comedy it makes it feel like so worthwhile well you're very kind i mean it's it a ditto the 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 comedians like yourself are extraordinary you make me laugh so much i'm so looking forward to seeing you live again soon and I'm definitely coming to see you at the Edinburgh Fringe. Oh, so great. All the I'll very... see you there. We'll be celebrating your birthday. Definitely. All the very best to you, and thank you so much. Thank you.